Joan Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. <clears throat> Dr. Rick Holm, our medical expert, should be here shortly. He's not here yet, but fortunately for me, I'm so pleased to have Dr. Kelly Evans-Hollinger with me today. Dr. Evans is an internal medicine physician with the Avera Medical Group Brookings, and she has been a guest on this show often. We're happy. I'm happy to have you back. Thank you, Joan. <clears throat> it's really good to have you here, and uh, we, we think Dr. Holmes on his way, and we'll find out. He'll call me probably if he isn't, but um, uh, as you know, this show is generated by your calls, and Dr. Evans here is um, a internal medicine physician, which means they cover just about everything. They're really knowledgeable on so many subjects. So if you have a medical question, give us a call. It's 692-1430. And before Dr. Holm comes, I thought we could mention the television program that he will be on tomorrow evening. He'll be hosting a program, and it covers our ears, nose, and throat. He's going to have as a guest in the studio, Jack, Dr. Jonathan is it Melama? Melama, yeah. Melama. Dr. Melama is the ENT physician who's been here at the Avera Medical Group um, for the last, I don't know, six to 12 months, somewhere in there. And he's wonderful. I'm sure it'll be a great show. And uh, most people have had something come up with an ear, nose, and throat problem that, that they can relate to that. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of good questions. I bet there will. And there's one question I'll give all of you a heads up on tomorrow night. He always has a question, and you can win a book. You ready for the answer? The question is, is this true or false? One in every three people over the age of 65, which could be a total of 165 million people worldwide, live with hearing loss. What do you think, true or false? I'd, mm. I'd be surprised if it was less than that percentage, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty high, and yeah. it's amazing. And, you know, some of us are in that age group, over 65, and we have many friends who aren't hearing blessed things. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you'll talk to friends, huh, huh, huh? That's one of my favorite. And it's just, it's tough. But with hearing loss, it is a difficult thing. Why does it happen when you're older, though? I don't get that. Most hearing loss has to do just with changes of the nerve that transmits hearing. We call it sensoroneuro hearing loss. And it's just an age-related phenomenon, not unlike other age-related phenomenons where the, the tissue just doesn't function as well as it once did. What we typically see in that type of hearing loss is that people lose what we call the higher pitch frequency hearing first. So it's more difficult for patients with that type of hearing loss to hear high pitches. So people who tend to speak in a higher pitched voice might notice that in their spouse or, or friends more that they're not hearing them. So one of the sort of practical tips if you're dealing with someone with a typical hearing loss is to try to speak in a lower voice. They're more likely to hear that type of pitch. They won't hear the high pitch. And is it true that more men than women have hearing loss, Kelly? I do not know the answer to that. I okay. suppose it's in theory there may be more historical occupational exposures to oh, that noise that yeah. might yeah. that might point to that. Okay. Well, it's interesting, and it'll be an interesting topic tomorrow night for Dr. Holm. And as we were speaking, the good doctor arrived. Welcome to the program, Dr. Holm. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. Sorry I'm delayed. I got interrupted by Tom Bozade helping me with my batteries that went out. Well, Tom's a good man. Oh, he's He'll take good, good care man. of you. Yeah. Yep. My uh, daughter used to love his dad. Anytime she, you know, his dad, I can't think of it. Nime. Nime. I, I want to say Liam, but it's Nime. Nime. He, he's not Irish, so it wouldn't be Liam. No. It'd be, 
It'd be nice. The opposite. She would come back home, and she <laughs> had to go to Beaux-Age just to see Naim. I don't right? think if he even knew that, but it just he was the sweetest man. He Boy. always gave her a piece of candy. Yeah, she's twenty years old and she's getting a piece of candy from Nime. So, so she just it's one of her fond memories of living in Brookings was the Bozades. Yeah. So you stopped with Tom, you got your thing taken care of and you're here now. Yeah, and that's so sort of, that's why I was late. So Well Well we had Kelly here, so we started without <laughs> yes, you. Yes. But right now we are going to take our first break and we hope you listening paid attention to me. Give a call. 692-1430. Give a call, and we'd be glad to respond to any questions you may have. By living a healthy lifestyle, you can lower your risk for heart disease and heart attack. A healthy lifestyle includes the following. Eating a healthy diet, maintaining a healthy weight, getting enough physical activity, not smoking or using other forms of tobacco, and limiting alcohol use. All the providers at the Avera Medical Group Brookings hope you will follow these guidelines. For more information on a healthy heart, speak with your provider at 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We have Dr. Rick Holm and Dr. Kelly Evans-Hollinger with me today. Uh, both of them are internal medicine physicians. Uh, Happy to have them here. Wonderful. And Dr. Holm, before you came, we were mentioning your television program tomorrow night, which does air on South Dakota Public Television at 7 o'clock. Did you want to say something about well, that? Well, Dr. Melema is a really great guy. Who? He was a guest <laughs> here uh, he on, on the radio yeah. uh, maybe a, uh, six, eight months ago when he first came. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tested him out. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> his right. engine ran purred like a, a little kitten. Yeah, <laughs> He so. is a good man, and I think it'll be a really fine yeah. show. Yeah. And yeah. I've heard from patients that they're very happy with how he explains thing, wa- things in ways that they can understand. I think he'll be great on the television show. Yeah, that, uh, you know, th- that communication bedside manner thing is an important component of, you know, we got, you got to have the, the knowledge base and all that other stuff, but you know, it's it's nice to be able to communicate well. We did have a call. Thank you for the calls, and we wanted them. And this is kind of a, a frightening call, but an elderly, and the person called in to say an elderly friend is hinting about suicide. What should someone do? Well, I think uh, you talk about it. You, you don't you, be afraid you, to talk about it. You never bring on suicide by asking, "Are you thinking about committing suicide?" And and why is it what's happening, and what can we do to help you so that life is better? You know. Uh, you so what you can do is speak up. I think, uh, you know, and, and what is it that uh, is the most missing factor? I think it has to do with someone who cares. Mm-hmm. So having a, um, you know, just a someone who cares attitude and spend a little time with them, you know, maybe daily for a while. Uh, and really care. Uh, that's a magic that you you don't realize the power of uh, the. Uh, there is a huge thing about that spiritual connection between two people, and when you say you know it matters to me, and it really does matter to you, uh, they feel it, and it gives people a reason to live. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be positive, but along with that. Would you give them any advice? Well, I think I think anytime someone is hinting at that at that topic, we should be worried. And and part of the challenge is sorting out the urgency of the matter. And if if you are 
worried about your friend's safety in the immediate sense, I would encourage you to think about a couple of things. A, a place to start is always the suicide hotline, the National right. Suicide Hotline. Do you know the number off the top of your head? It's no, but an it's an acronym. It's e easily, easily find about. Well, we can look it up. We'll, we'll have it after this break. How's and that, Kelly? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Here in town, um, there's an Avero Behavioral Health Center that, that you could also call, and, and they could help direct to an assessment for safety if you were oh, a, a concerned um, you know, today about your friend's safety. In a less acute situation, I think if they're willing to uh, go with you to see a physician to start or go see a counselor, um, that if, if you are their trusted person and you can help link them into getting some, some help for what's going on, um, that it's your opportunity to really yeah. help this person. In the less acute sense, I agree with Rick, especially in our elderly population, I think the component of loneliness is um, a, a big part of, of what causes some of these hopeless thoughts uh, in our patients. And, and so being there for them and, and being willing to talk about the hard things is incredibly important. So, I, I, uh, I, I would uh, echo the get help, get help, get help, get help. Uh, but uh, really, sometimes uh, the most important component is that friendship. It does that make a difference. When we were talking, when Kelly was talking, Bob gave me a note that 211 is a national 24-hour helpline with live operators. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. It's a local helpline. It's a local helpline, uh, 211. That's really good to yeah, know. You can ask them any question and they'll put you in touch with okay. the suicide hotline. Bob doesn't have a mic in front of him, so I'll repeat what he said. But when you call 211, it's local. They're 24-hour operators, and they will put you in contact with whatever information you need. So that might be good. You're going to talk to your friend. You're going to be close to them. But you could also call 211, and they'll give you more advice. Do you know the highest risk, and I don't know, I don't know if this is still true, but I think it is, that the highest risk for suicide is an elderly man who just lost his wife, that uh, they're the most... Okay, I, I can't take it. Boom. Uh, we know that suicide's growing in South Dakota, particularly in our youth. We're, we're, we're top of the nation somewhere in, in the youth suicide. That's the top uh, we do not want to be, right? We're in the lowest part on so many things, and here we are on the top on, on suicide in our youth. That's sad. It really is. Well, suicide is a sad thing, but overall... We, we really appreciate you calling, and we do hope you can help your friend. It really does. And what Dr. Holmes said makes so much sense. To show that somebody cares about you makes a world of difference. Well, you know, I, I think we care about each other, but we don't always say it. Right. And we don't always spend the time, and we really don't always. I think listening is the key, too. I mean, if you just sit down and say, talk to me, and... Uh, and really, really, really listen. I mean, uh, down to your your toenails, uh, listen to people. I think that's important. Well, thank you for that call, and I hope that we were some help to you. And uh, any other calls that come in, we'd be glad to respond to. We are going to take our second break, and we will be back following these words. 
Millions of people in the United States are not getting screened for colorectal cancer as recommended. They are missing the chance to prevent colorectal cancer or to find it early when treatment often leads to a cure. The vast majority of new cases of colorectal cancer, about 90%, occur in people who are 50 or older. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recommends screening beginning at age 50. If you think you may be at increased risk for colorectal cancer, learn your family history and ask your doctor if you should begin screening before age 50. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We were talking during the break. There's so much involved in people having sad thoughts this time of year. First of all, how much more cold could we take? Fortunately, yeah. today it got above 20, so we're all happy and we're um, feeling more human. But then they tell us snow's coming and then we get down again. So uh, it, the weather is hard on us. And that yeah. seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. And tell yeah, us about uh, that. You know, there's a lot written about how much... <clears throat> how to get uh, treatment for seasonal affective disorder. So people get moody this time of the year where the sun is gone so much and it's so dark. Um, and uh, some of the best solutions, I think, have to do with uh, uh, a lot of light. You, put, uh, you get a light box or you get tons of light around you. You turn it on in the morning and have all that light uh, flowing through your pupils and uh, you know there, there are different kinds of things you can you can buy the mm-hmm. uh, lights at Lowe's where you they're just rows and rows of fluorescent bulbs and just and they're naked and you just hang them in your kitchen not very pretty <laughs> but there are but other they do the methods. job they, right. but they, they may the not job. be pretty but they help yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. anything else that you know Kelly yeah no when I, when Sometimes it's hard to sort out, you know, what is just purely seasonal affective disorder versus chronic depression or other issues. But for a real seasonal affective disorder, people who have a component of that, there's pretty good evidence to say that the that these light boxes work. And there's probably nothing special about the light box, except that's what's been studied. But they're not terribly expensive. I mean, you can order one of these things off of Amazon for, I think when I've looked it up before, maybe 30 to $40. And in the studies, what they have have shown to be effective is that you sit in front of it for 30 minutes every morning. And so it's just kind of budgeting your time to do that. But probably if you know that you're someone who tends to struggle during these dark winter months in South Dakota, uh, it's a pretty low-risk thing to to do for yourself to try and stave off some of that component of it. Can't can't hurt. That's right. for darn sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, one last comment on this, and we'll go on to another topic, is that uh, Rick Holmes' wife just texted us the suicide hotline number. The first number that Bob gave us was 211. That's pretty easy to call, and they'd probably give you this number. But if you'd like to write down the suicide hotline number, it's 800 273 8255. One more time. 800 273 8255. And we hope you get the help you need. But 211 is sure easy to That's remember. That's easy to remember, <laughs> isn't it? 211. There it is. <coughs> so, uh, 911 instead of 911, you call 211. And it's 24 hours they're answering it. Say, we, I had a friend call me from Florida, and I was talking with her, and she said she was planning to attend a <laughs> seminar explaining the benefit of stem cell therapy over full knee replacement. Her knee is bone on bone. 
The next day in the Argus Leader, I read a full-page ad offering a similar seminar hosted by Vitality Nebraska. What do you know about stem cell therapy versus orthopedic surgery? Uh, you know, I've heard some experimental stuff, and of course there are people who are uh, <coughs> promoting this in a kind of a not-so-ethical way, too. So I think I'd be very careful about that. Mm -hmm. I would talk to your <laughs> local orthopedic surgeon. You know, you, you, uh, we, we have two orthopedic surgeons in town. Talk to them. I think uh, there's a, there may be a time for this, but uh, there are people who are profiting greatly from this. This mm -hmm. is profit, 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 profit. And it just burns my butt if, if it's taking advantage of, of something that is not yet ready for prime time. Yeah. Kelly? Well, I would agree with that. I think, th I think it's good to be skeptical of anything that medically speaking and scientifically speaking, the verdict is still out on this. Um, it's, it sounds, you know, sometimes we call these topics sexy in medicine, you know, if yeah. it's, if it's new and hot, you know, it's, it draws people in, but the verdict is out. We don't have good evidence that this gives people long-term outcomes. And for that, because it's not FDA approved, there's really not a standard that any of these places are being held to. Um, so I'd be very cautious. I agree. And particularly anytime they're uh, they they take cash only you know they don't the, the insurance right. is not covering it I'm, I'm afraid there's a that's a red flag warning i think the part of the issue is that you you hear stories about maybe professional athletes having treatments that have to do with stem cells and and that doesn't necessarily make it evidence-based by any stretch you can always find someone who anecdotally can tell you that this treatment helped me but unless it's been proven um in a good randomized trial we should be skeptical about it yeah okay totally well I, w I was concerned because then i look back in the argus and i swear two times if not three times a week the sioux falls argus leader is running a full page ad for this so i looked it up it's called vitality nebraska and they have offices in Omaha, Reno, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, and West Des Moines, Iowa. And they're going to have a seminar in Sioux Falls. You can sign up for it. But there's, it's not connected with any hospital. It's not connected with, I don't know if there's doctors involved, but overall, I would be very skeptical. Yeah. It goes to show that they probably, they've probably they got adequate money to spend on advertising. So the, mo the motives are questionable, I think. You know, and I, 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 within our own ranks, you, there will be a physician who will pop up and he will, he, I always blame he, he or she <laughs> will, will, will be selling something and profiting from it. Um, and it actually, uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association took the d doctor show and Dr. Oz show to task and said unethical, selling stuff, profiting, uh, promoting things that are not uh, approved, uh, proven beneficial, and uh, so I mean we've got to be careful. Uh, uh, you know, there's something about people who are living in Brookings, South Dakota, that can advise you, and you know that it's it's you can trust them. They're not they're not right. uh, uh, in Las Vegas selling a, a bogus 
treatment for But knees. overall, there is work being done, scientific work being done on stem cells, correct? Yes. But the treatments aren't out there yet in any medical setting because they're still experimenting with right. it. Right. Well, and sometimes, you know, you, th you think about this stuff. Uh, it sounds like a good idea. It doesn't work. Right. And that's that's been the history of medicine. Mm -hmm. Sound like, excuse me, sounds like a good idea. Didn't work. Didn't work. And yeah. someone says, well, I'm going to continue. I, uh, it sounds so good, I want to profit. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. Well, enough on that topic. We hope you, buyer beware, be aware of it. Uh, we had a caller that come, called in and was concerned about insomnia. She's never had insomnia, but now she's having early morning awakening. She doesn't know why. What can we do about that? Oh. <laughs> well, I'll let, I'll, Kelly, you start. I'll start. So I, I hear this a lot in my clinic as, as an internist. I see a lot of people who are older in later stages of their life. And part of the, and I don't know the age of this particular caller, one issue, something that I always investigate when people come in with what they call a problem with sleep is, okay, is it is it actually a problem? Are you tired? Do you feel like you're not rested when you wake up in the morning? The natural pattern of sleep evolves as we age. So the it's not uncommon for someone as they get older to have a change in their sleep patterns. And that usually involves an earlier sleep-wake cycle. And people might go to bed earlier. They might, you know, we all know the, the older person in our lives who wakes up at 4 a.m. and that's just what they do. And that's part of the reason is, is because that can be normal. And why is Cook's Kitchen filled to the brim right. at five in the morning? But you old crazy guys. people that aren't sleeping. Yeah, That's they're not it. sleeping. <laughs> That's part of the but, pattern. But yeah. if it's not a problem for you, it you know the sleep is very individualized, and and you know it. I think for for kids and young people to sort of mandate the, these these eight to ten hours of sleep, I think is reasonable. But not one size fits all, especially as, as older adults. And it's perfectly normal for someone to wake up early in the morning and maybe take a nap after lunch. And, you know, what I tell my patients is, you know what? You've spent a lot of years here. You've worked hard. You've earned your afternoon your nap. nap. And that's okay. Yeah. That was the question I was going to ask. <laughs> if, they're, if they're getting less sleep and then they nap, but never nap before, it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes they that were changes. not nappers to begin with. Oh, right na now. actually, nap uh, napping is is I think human nature. Europe has uh, been doing an afternoon nap as a normal thing for uh, centuries. For, for <laughs> centuries, and so I think you know we are driven not to nap in the afternoon. I think it's an error. That's one thing. Second thing to say is the the people automatically go to benzodiazepines for treatment. Uh, particularly if you're over 65, you start taking Valium or uh, Ambien. Ambien is the big one. Uh, Valium-like medicine. You, you can read it and it says it's not, it's not a benzo. It is a benzo. It works in the same way in a different, uh, in the same spot in the brain in a, in a little bit different way. And when you're in, you're in an elderly person in particular, falling in the middle of the night as you get up to pee is a not a good thing bad be catastrophic <laughs> right. catastrophic the ends you end up in the nursing home 20 percent of the time because so you're taking benzo that causes you not fall. to be as alert when you well you're not you you don't have your balance i mean you're oh. you're drugged okay and what's more i think it causes an artificial sense that i gotta have this every night and the, the other sense is that it takes away i mean the withdrawal from benzo 
a withdrawal. You stop it. What do you think the most uh, the common withdrawal? It's anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's can't sleeplessness. It's it's uh, it's uh, stress. So I, I think uh, we there are certain medicines that are quick, easy, short-term answers, but they are not long-term answers. Mm-hmm. It's in part of this whole chronic pain syndrome story. So avoid the Ambien like the plague. Do a little bit of the uh, melatonin. Mm-hmm. Try a little bit of that. A little bit more exercise every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when you wake up at, I wake up at 2.30, and I read about a half an hour on my book. I'm reading a, a <laughs> bad, cheap, crappy, old, fun <laughs> novel right now. And, you know, it's, just, what's, it's all right. what's so good. Yep. The, uh, I, will, uh, I will say uh, you don't want to be reading uh, uh, Last Flight uh, of Whiskey Mike because <laughs> it... You'll you'll you read all night long like and into the day. Yeah, yeah read something okay. boring or a magazine with a <laughs> short right. article, right? Put it to sleep. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a final break. Break. We'll be right back. The American Academy of Pediatrics has issued media guidelines for preschoolers that are helpful for parents and grandparents. Under the age of two, media should be very limited and only used when adults are standing by to co-view, talk, and teach. For example, video chatting with family along with their parents. For children 18 to 24 months, if you want to introduce digital media, choose high quality programming and use media together with your child. For children aged two to five, limit screen time to no more than one hour per day. Find other activities for your children to do that are healthy for their bodies and mind. Choose media that is interactive, nonviolent, educational, and pro-social. If you have questions about social media for children, speak with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're so happy to have you listening. Dr. Holm, just before the break, was talking about it'd be good not to go on these benzos. My question is, if someone has been taking benzo every night, how do they wean themselves? Slowly. It, it, like a three-month wean. You mean every other wean. night, or what do you do? Well, I, Lower I, doses, yeah, probably, in most cases. Cut them in half, cut them in a quarter, reduce so the doses. So go slowly, because if you do it right away, that's not good. Withdrawal. Symptoms. You will have withdrawal symptoms. Very hard to get. Do you agree with me, Kelly, on the, this? I think that, you know, as, as someone pretty new to practice, I don't start a lot of people on those types of medicines. We, we kind of know to avoid them probably better than we knew, I don't know, 20 years ago. But it is really challenging to help get people off. get off those medicines. Oh. Really challenging. So. Tra- trazodone mm-hmm. is a good alternative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a couple that. other non-benzo mm-hmm. options that are w- worth considering. So talk to your doctor. But just say, no benzo. No benzo. Got no that. ambient. No ambient, none of that. Okay, well, we're just about out of time. We really appreciate all of you listening. And uh, we hope you'll listen again for Prairie Doc Radio. It's brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. And why don't you follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube or even go to the Prairie Doc Library at www.prairiedoc.org. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans-Hullinger for being with us today. Yeah, thank thanks you. for having me. Okay, and Rick, it's all yours. Thanks so much. Well, I, and thank you, Kelly. What You're a welcome. joy. Thanks, Bob and Joan, and stay healthy out there, people.